0: You're listening to the College Info Geek Podcast, where it's all about learning more, paying off your student debt, landing your dream job,
1: and being awesome at college. Now, here's your host... Thomas Frank. Hey everybody, I'm Thomas Frank and welcome back to the College Info Geek Podcast. This is episode 39 and today we're talking all about productivity and becoming more efficient. Because I'm talking to my friend Mike Vardy from Productivityist.com and I actually met Mike at the Podcast Movement Conference back in September that I attended and I gotta give a thank you to Mike for showing me a specific productivity technique that I've been using a lot in my work these days called Contexts. And actually, if you watched my video on uh, intellectual combat over at collegeinfogeek.com slash videos, you'll find it there. I talked about how I structure my day in terms of contexts, and I use uh, low-intensity work as one context and high-intensity work as another context. And this allows me to batch my low-intensity tasks, giving me long, uninterrupted breaks of time where I can do focused work on things that take a lot more brain power. So that's just one of the productivity techniques that Mike has taught me. And this interview is going to go into a lot more. We'll talk about the tools we use, different systems we use to get things done. And I think you're really going to enjoy it and be able to pull some useful, actionable tips out of the interview for your own work. So that is what's coming up. But first, if you've got questions about college and you want to get them answered on our once a month Q&A sessions that I do with my girlfriend and my roommate, Martin, then you can email me those questions to thomas at collegeinfogeek.com. If you have questions about studying, uh, reading textbooks, or getting a job or a career, managing your money and paying off your debt, whatever it is, I want to hear your questions. So send those in. And also, I'm doing a weekly video now. So if the podcast isn't enough for you and you want to get videos over on YouTube, like I said before, collegeinfogeek.com slash videos is where you'll find that. And you can subscribe on YouTube if you want to help support that. Also, you can subscribe to this podcast if you want to get the new episodes that come out every Monday morning to wherever device you listen to. You can do that over on iTunes. And you can find links to everything I mentioned in this show, uh, tools we talk about, techniques, other related blog posts, and links to subscribe to both the YouTube channel and to the podcast over at the show notes which are at sigpodcast.com, that's C-I-G-podcast.com, and you can find the episode 39 link, but you'll also find the cool-looking new podcast player there, so uh, that you can listen to the episode on as well. So uh, without any further ado, let's get into this episode with Mike and learn some new productivity techniques. All right, Mike, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, good to talk to you again. You know, It was weird because
0: we met at Podcast Movement, but did we meet each other at New Media Expo as well? We might have, like
1: but cross-patch. you know what I realized yeah. the other day? Uh, you may have been my boss at one time, and I never even knew it. Expl- because you were explain. you were uh, managing editor at Lifehack, right? I was, yes. Yeah, yeah. I wrote for Lifehack for a while. <laughs> I don't know if I ever emailed back with you uh, when you were working there, but yeah.
0: Yeah, I left there, gosh, I think we're talking about nearly three years ago now. Um, maybe two. But yeah, I was managing editor for a while. Yeah, you know what? I think that... The neat, you know, I don't remember seeing any Thomas. Maybe I denied you. Maybe I gave you a cold, uh, cold show. I, <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, I did get I two or three articles up there. Cool. So
0: cool, yeah. No, it, it was. You know what? The re- I liked writing for Life because first off, I liked the, the position of being a managing editor because what it did was it allowed me to kind of really stake my claim in, in in the field as kind of like, hey, I know what I'm talking about, and so that was really cool. And I worked with a lot of great people, CM Smith. You know, um, I got to work with. Uh, Royal Scuderi, uh, Kira Conlon did some stuff with us. So there was a lot of really cool things I got to do. And I was only there for about a little over a year. But it was it was a rewarding experience.
1: So uh, now you have Productivityist uh-huh. and you've also got the workflowing podcast, which is over on five by five, which is pretty awesome. Yep, yep. And that was was that on work was that on five by five before or is it like we, pretty newly on there?
0: We started – it used to be called Mics on Mics and Michael Schechter and I started the podcast just on our own. And then 10 episodes in, we joined the 70 Decibels Network, which then went on to merge with 5x5 or Wired mm. or whatever. And then – so we were on 5x5 as a result. And only in the last five months or so, like about five months ago, we changed over to uh, work flowing from Mics on
1: Mics. So. And you got some pretty awesome artwork on there now, too. Yeah,
0: we do. We're pretty happy with, uh, you know, with that. And, I mean, unfortunately, Schechter's not been able to be on the show as much lately because of, you know, having a a third child. And he lives in a, you know, a smallish apartment in Brooklyn. So, it's hard to be able to record. Mm. And we're across time zones. So, we're not quite, you know, I mean, we're still kind of finding our way with the new changes. And I've gotten busier, too. Like, productivity is expanding. and. You know things are happening, so um, we're doing what we can. I just actually before we r- recorded uh, this session, I just did a, an episode with Ray Sidney Smith, who's a super smart productivity guy, um, and we'll be putting him on, on a, the this upcoming episode of Workflow,ing which you know is happening as we as we speak. We're what October fourteenth, so it'll be that week. But yeah, it, it's it's fun. I like I love pod- I've been podcasting for a long time, uh, not always for money. In fact, more often than not, for money. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I mean, I did you know my productivity parody stuff. I did discultured up in, you know with my friends and my other Canadian friends. I did talking is dead with my buddy Anthony Marco. Uh, I did the productivity podcast. I did the work awesome part podcast. I mean, I've done podcasting. I'd say at least six years, maybe even seven.
1: So, like podcasting OG.
0: Yeah, maybe, maybe <laughs> I'm not nearly as good as in terms of generating revenue as some of the other guys out there. But I just I, I did college radio, so I was able to mm. you know kind of convey that. And also, I mean, I did comedy performing and I did sketch performing, so I'm, I'm a natural performer, which is why I really like being able to talk about productivity and being able to say, okay, well, this is. Uh, i'll say productivity sorry <laughs> <laughs> there's the canadianism so i, I like the the fact i'm able to talk about productivity in a way that's engaging and entertaining and informative uh it kind of allows me to bring my comedy roots into 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 the fold and lets me be able to stay at home with my kids and not spend time on the road or be up late at night you know in some cd nightclub doing stand up or, or improv
1: <laughs> yeah oh man the, the improv roots though those have to be uh, pretty pretty handy
0: they are um when I did the South by Southwest talk this year with um, Craig Jarrow and Mark and Angel Chernoff, um, the thing that that um, Mike from Mike Paccioni from Duarte came up afterwards and he was like, he, he said, you know, you moderated that panel, like, like how did that was really good, like how many have you done? I said, I've never done one before, but I think, the, <laughs> but I think the improv background gives me the ability to read an audience, so I can tell, like you know, when you hear like the the movements of the chairs and the <clears throat> and the. <clears throat> like the i mean i i've, I've become very heightened uh, in terms of my awareness of that kind of thing so i'm able to sense when we're losing an audience or when i'm losing an audience how to pick it up a bit um i'm able to go with the flow i'm able to deal with hecklers uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah but you're right like having that the improv background um it also and and honestly the comedy background um World Domination Summit this year, uh, Scott Birkin spoke uh, and him and I had a chat at the closing party. We were talking about the movie Comedian with Jerry Seinfeld and Orny Adams. I don't know. It's a fairly old movie, but um, basically what we kind of talked about and what uh, a lot of the comedians do is they look at things through this lens, like this very weird lens. Uh, you know, like Jerry Seinfeld's joke about who's shaving so much in the bathroom that they're having to dispose razor blades on an airplane. Like, why is there a razor blade disposal unit there? <laughs> I mean, we know why it's there, but comedians tend to look at things through a different lens. And I think that me being able to do that, uh, having practiced, you know, done improv and, and comedy for a good ten plus years, I was able to kind of look at productivity and figure out and productivity and figure out, you know, hey, what. How does this fit in? How do I make this fit for people? How do I make this work for people? How can I reach uh, someone who's you know in their fifties and a CEO to someone who's in their twenties and just trying to wrap their heads around uh, you know getting their you know getting through the day in terms of you know studying and stuff like that? So um, yeah, I, I think that that background has definitely paid off in terms of what I get to do now.
1: Yeah, and it's it's interesting how tangentially related things in your past. Contribute skills and help you notice things in other areas that you move into.
0: Yeah, I, uh, I mean, one of the things that that I've noticed is just being able to. Because I was working at Costco and trying to manage all that, and then trying to do a comedy career, um, I had already started to take on some of these time and task management habits while working at Costco. I had no choice because you know you when you're running a department, you had no choice but to really like kind of get a handle on what's going on around you and the time and and tasks that you have to deal with. And then when I started to do the comedy, of course, that was in the evening stuff. And then I had a family, like I had a young daughter who had just, you know, we just had a daughter and I just got married. And so you're trying to balance all this stuff out. And what came out of the the all of that was this productivity, um, you know, specialization that I basically – took and, and ran with. And initially it was a comedy thing. I was doing like a prop like a parody site, kind of like a Stephen Colbert esque take on it. So the, the life hack stuff I was writing later on earlier, I was parodying, you know, because there's a lot of productivity <laughs> porn out there. There's a lot of that stuff, you know, yeah. where you, and you have to wade through it. It's like anything else, right? You know I mean? The cream, it's, it's taken a lot longer for that cream to rise to the, to the top. Right.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: so, um, but from there, I became, you know, I got the attention of David Allen and David Allen's, you know, company said, hey, write for our blog, but, you know, don't make fun of us. So, <laughs> so I did. I didn't make fun of them, but I wrote for them. And then from there, it just kept going and going. And then life hack happened. And now I, be, I became the very thing I was parodying. So to be able to kind of come through all that and then draw from the different experiences and and also to understand that, if I had kept going in comedy, I probably wouldn't be sitting here in this house with my family because it, there was a no money. It's hard to make money. I don't know if you know this, but it, in the creative arts, it's not a very profitable field. Yep. Uh, and secondly, if you are going to make money doing comedy, first off, you need to focus on one particular sort of aspect of it uh, or craft. Uh, and then finally, uh, you will be on the road a lot. So that – Kind of looking at that, I made a choice to get away from comedy and try to focus on this stuff a bit more and be a bit more solopreneur minded. And this is kind of just how it happened. I mean, if someone said ten years ago, "You're going to be you're going to be talking to Thomas Frank doing a show, uh, a podcast," I'd go, "Well, what's a podcast?" And, so <laughs> <laughs> and, and uh, who's Thomas Frank? And what do you mean I'm going to be a productivity specialist? Like, I, it just it's not where I expected to be, but man, uh, it's been so rewarding that I've been able to get here and it just, things are, things are still happening for me. I was just telling before we started recording, I'm going to be in your town, you know, like, which is crazy. Like 12 (laughs) days speaking at at, at a, at a conference. So yeah, it's, it's, I'm pretty blessed. And honestly, I have, I walk the walk just as much as I talk the talk mainly, not only because I have to, but because it just makes everything so much better and simpler and more effective.
1: Yeah. So I'd I'd love to get into what you personally do for uh, staying productive and getting things done. But first, I want to get into what the name means, (laughs) because it's Productivityist. And you say very clearly on the About page, I'm not a productivity guru. I'm not an expert. I'm a productivityist. And there's a difference. So what's the difference?
0: Well, first off, I think the term guru is sorely overused. (laughs) Uh, The words guru, ninja, rock star
1: productivity uh autobot yeah, Decepticon. Like, you know,
0: <laughs> yeah they just get to the point where it's like all right you know if everyone's a rock star, what's that the, the the movie incredibles where syndrome the villain says you know because when everybody's super no one will be like you know <laughs> like it's because we see so many rock stars so many ninjas it's like well then great who's you know who's that's not special. Um, yep. The reason I, I like saying that, that I use the term productivityist is I was enthusiast enthusiastic. I was a productivity enthusiast, so like a hobbyist or whatever. It was the thing I was dabbling in so that I could really do the things I wanted to do. Right. Uh, but over time, I've mer- morphed from being an enthusiast alone to being a specialist. So, I and the reason I don't want to say expert either is because it's a very subjective field. Like there's a lot of different nuances, you know, I mean, again, the 50 year old CEO versus the, you know, the 20 year old student, there's going to be a lot of subjectivity, a lot of different things that each of them prioritizes over another and the different tools they have at their disposal and other resources. So to be an expert, um, I think I'm get, I think I'm getting there. Uh, others have said that and that's great, but I think by specializing in it, it's like being a specialist when you're like a surgeon or something. You can go into a situation and go, okay, what? let's see the lay of the land. All right, here's what I think will work best for you or work best in this situation based on these factors that I know about you. And so I specialize in it. Um, not every solution is going to work for some people, but nine times out of 10, what I see and um, what I recommend, some aspect of it, if not most of it will work. And I know that uh, when I do productivity as coaching in a 15 minute session, I can help somebody just take things to even just up a, a notch, a single notch, and it can make a world of difference. Right. So, yeah. so I think that that's, that's what productivity is. It's a portmanteau of, of enthusiast slash specialist and productivity.
1: That's what okay. it is. So it's uh and you said that you want to help people not have to be that. And just get to the being productive yeah, part, right?
0: I think we spend a lot of time checking off boxes. You know, It's, it's, <laughs> it's really easy to check off a box. You know, um, what's not easy to check is to check off the right boxes and that's what I want to do. That's why m- the mantra of stop doing productive, start being productive came from is I felt a lot of people were like, I got 43 things done today. Well, what were they? 38 of them were email Oh, that's yeah. great. You know what I mean? So we tend to quantify productivity instead of qualifying it. And the real mm-hmm. magic is in that qualification of it, right? Like, I mean, going to school every day isn't really being productive. But doing, you know, and, and, and you know, signing up for a class that you know is just going to be a gimme is, is, is <laughs> it, it, I mean, it can lead to other things for sure. But, I mean, we spend we tend to focus a lot on the things that we we can get done quickly, because speed means productivity, but that's not the case at all. Productivity is effectiveness first, efficiency second, you know, task first, time second. That's the way Mm -hmm. I look at it. And so my goal is to help people stop getting in this mindset of I've got this to-do list and I want to get as many things on this list done as possible. I'd rather see people uh, on a list of 20 things get three things done, but they are the best, like they are the things that are going to have the most results. The top three things. Yeah, Yeah. you know, the the adage, I think it's uh, 20% of the – uh, you put eighty percent of the effort into twenty percent of the, you know what I mean, like that. I think it's Pareto principle. Yeah,
1: the Pareto principle. Yeah.
0: So I mean, most people spend all their time on the things that only given twenty percent of the results they want, right? Do the mm-hmm. other. you I mean, you want to you want to get the big results, and that sometimes means focusing on the heavier, dutier tasks, which are harder. Your brain wants to say, "Well, why am I doing this?" When well, <laughs> look, there's forty three things here. The brain understands numbers. It's 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 there's no the number 43 to you and the number 43 to me mean the exact same thing. It's when you add the other qualifier like 43 43 uh emails to me are going to be very different than 43 emails to you. But the right. number 43 is the is the unifying principle, right? But if I if if all 43 of your emails are from your mom and 20 <laughs> I'm just of just having
1: a giant conversation <laughs> with my mom
0: and 20 of them are from for me are from like uh you know um a high level executive or from somebody who wants to work with me on my next book or whatever then that's qualifying it. So right. I think we spend too much time focusing on the let's get as much done as possible because then I'm productive and instead of focusing on the things that you that that are going to provide the most value to you over the long term.
1: Yeah, and I noticed that this is a this is a tough habit to learn mm. because I'll like say okay, here are the three most important things I want to get done today. They're like big projects Oh, but here's 10 other things. And I'll just, I'll sort of tack them on to the end of the list. But then I'll start with those because they can be done easily. And I'm like, well, I should just kind of get them all out of the way. And then this thinking is toxic because you get them done and then you feel like you're accomplished for the day. And, oh, the big important things can wait for the next day.
0: Well, and and that's the thing is that I was just talking when I was talking to Ray Sidney Smith not too long ago, we were talking about willpower. And I'm a big Green Lantern fan. I know when we saw each other, you probably saw my Green Lantern ring on my. I did. Yeah, And, uh willpower is one of those things where it's it, it is what fuels perseverance it's what fuels discipline it what it's what combats fear i like green lantern it's it's what does all that stuff but it's it's a just like the green lantern's ring it depletes you know right. and the more you use it and i mean if you've ever read the comic books if he does something massive the ring depletes that much faster So we have the same problem is that if we do these little, little tasks and we do 40 of them, by the time we're ready to tackle the big task, our willpower reserves are depleted. So what Mm -hmm. do we do? We go, I'm too tired to do this or I can't. You should hit those bigger tasks early on. And they don't need to be massive. They just need to provide massive value. So answering that one email that you've been delaying. Because it could lead to something amazing or it could lead to something not amazing. That could be a high willpower task and a high value task. Whereas, you know, answering your mom's email, probably not so much. So what we need to do is we need to kind of trick our brain. And when I say trick our brain, I, I it's mainly because we let our mind play tricks on us more, than, more often than not. Is to say, how can I put some protocols in place and some security measures in place so that, When I'm coming up against this, you know, these 10 tasks I add to the end of the list, how do I make sure that those 10 tasks don't take precedent over even maybe not all three, but at least one of those three? And that's when you have to start looking at the GT term of contexts, you know, GTD being getting things done. You have to start looking at maybe not using things like computer or phone as context and maybe using things like full focus and brain dead. So that when you look at a task, you'd say, oh, these are 20 brain dead tasks. I can wait on those because my brain is right now in high octane mode. Let's look at the full or even just call a task high octane. You're like, OK, this is a task I can do right now. So it's we, we, we need to have a, an approach to our tasks and to our time that works for us because that's A project is universal if you and i are working on a project together it's the same project how we approach that project is going to be very different and that may be be you know what we tackle first how we do we know what aspects of the project we are able to perform better and so we need to really look at our workflow and that's that's something that a lot of people don't do because it's easier just to do the work as opposed to examine you know what work it is that you really should be doing
1: Yeah. So you mentioned, uh, brain dead and what was the other one?
0: Full focus or high octane or whatever. I mean, again, it could be anything you want. Uh, Okay. It's a matter of trigger words. So, I mean, if, if some people need those, those contexts and again, contexts in their most basic of, of terms are a time, you know, a place, energy and attention. Those are the, the, the GTD definitions of context, but I like to call them as the things that add value to your tasks. So for example, uh, go grocery shopping. Um, that's a task, but or actually technically it's a project. But let's just say for the, for the, for the sake of argument, it's a task. You would probably make, that's an errand. So you would add the the context errand to it. And that way when you're doing, when you look at the errands context, you can see every single errand that you have to do. So that when you're going out to run errands, you hit them all instead of coming home and go, oh man, I forgot to buy toilet paper or I forgot to go buy this this screwdriver I was supposed to go to Home Depot to buy so context allow you to group things differently but the other thing is that some people don't work that way some people don't work with technical or practical contexts. instead they need things that are more holistic or more um, human so things like high energy I need high energy to do these I need low energy oh I'm brain dead brain dead could be because it's fun to say I'm brain dead uh, okay, well, what tasks gonna do when I'm brain dead? Yeah, you know, uh, oh, I'm I'm like full full gear, full gear, high octane, or or full focus. Okay, I've got so much focus right now. What are the things I know based on what I've told my task management system that I need to do that require full focus? So it gives you another lens to work through. And most people don't. Most people think by project because it's the way we're trained. Right. But this allows you to have a different way to look at what you have to do and what you want to do so that you can move the right things forward at the right time, as opposed to trying to move everything forward, regardless of time. And then guess what happens? You run out of time,
1: right? So it sounds like you're basically knowing yourself, knowing your energy levels and your levels of willpower and then intelligently batching tasks to do them at the specific time that you would be able to do them best.
0: Absolutely. And, and and sometimes that's going to be something you'll schedule. Like I theme my days. So I th- so I'll look at my day of the week and today's Tuesday, so today is a writing day. So mm-hmm. when I'm not having, you know, interviews and such, my focus is writing. So everything else is pushed to another day. Um and because I've set this up in advance, I end up being able to work out of a a task-based mindset instead of a time-based mindset. And what that does is when you're using a task-based mindset – and theming definitely helps with this – is it allows you to deal with items of importance. But when you're working with a time-based mindset, it forces you to deal with items of urgency. So Mm -hmm. if I waited until the absolute last minute to write something, um, I'm a good writer, but I'm not that good. Uh, So it would not be as good as if I took time to do it over time. That's why we cram, right? I mean – Right. As students – I am um, sure. I mean, I never did this. Yeah, are right. Uh, <laughs> I crammed for exams. I finished mm-hmm. it. I, I looked at the due date and, wrote, and worked, let it go all the way up to the due date and then worked on it the day. And I handed it in. And the worst, when you get an F or an E or whatever grade you're going to get, if it's a low grade, your brain goes, well, it's because you waited too long. Right. That may not be that. But that might not just be the case. Because what if you didn't understand the topic? What if, what if, what if? But it's easy to point it to time. You ran out of time. You waited too long. Right. What if you get an A and you hand it in on the last day? All of a sudden your brain goes, well, I can do this all the time because I'm, you know, or, or the responsible part of your brain goes, if, imagine what grade I would have got if I had given this more time. Right. So that's what happens is we tend, that's why I don't use the calendar as a due date. Identifier. I don't put assignment due on this date. I, I, that's what a task manager is for. A task manager gives me a start date. I start working on it, and it's done before the due date. So I okay. hand things – and let's put it this way. You're not going to get in trouble if you hand something in three, four, five days early. At, at worst, you're going to be able to gauge whether or not they give you more assignments based on that. And then then you can judge that and go, okay. well, last time I handed this in five days early, I got an assignment. I don't want to get that. So I'm going to still do the work and get it done early. But then I'm going to wait until two days before to hand it in. Right. Or at least I know it's done so I can hand it in on the due date. So that's I get a lot of people say, well, what if I do it in advance Then I'm seen as an overachiever and I get these tasks I don't want to do? I'm like, well, then just overachieve internally and. Yeah, just just achieve externally. Right. So So that would
1: be all about just defining your goals and saying, do I want to like rise in the ranks and get more responsibility or not?
0: Or or maybe you already have a lot of responsibility. And instead of being this, this allows you to say no a lot easier is to say, you know what? I'm going to finish this. I've got it done way in advance. I know this. That's all the gratification I need. I'm going to hand it in on the due date. In the meantime, I've already started to work on the next assignment. So you're you're being proactive instead of reactive. And that's what you want is you want productivity is about being proactive. It's about, you know, moving things, the important things forward, because if you've ever studied the Eisenhower matrix, there's that urgent important in the top left corner and the not urgent but important in the top right corner. What often happens is the important stuff ends up either sliding to the urgent important, which means you have to get it done right away or worse. It goes to the bottom right corner, which is not urgent, not important. And that often means it's an opportunity lost It's deadline passed. So really, when you're looking at a calendar, you should be looking at it with the idea of I'm not going to put due dates on here. I'm going to use a task management system. So a task manager, digital paper, whatever you want to do. And then you're making measured progress every single day because when you're doing that, then you're really actually being productive. And you're allowing yourself and giving yourself that time and space to really create great stuff. Because when you don't Mm -hmm. have time, you're cramped. the Quality suffers. When you don't have the space – you're clustered and you're, you're claustrophobic, again, the quality suffers. You need to find that balance, and only you can do that.
1: Right. So for a student, obviously, like, due dates are a very important thing. So I think I would say, like, still put down those due dates, but also try out what you're saying, whereas you, you would define a start date as well, and then you can calculate the work you need to put in. Between those two times,
0: yeah, or or put a start date and an end date, and have it be like an all day, like a you know what I mean, like basically have a start date and have it run through your calendar until the end date. I do that with my months. So, for example, we're coming up to November. Uh, November for me was going to be uh, working on my next book, but instead, it's going to be planning for the year 2015 because I'm actually working that far ahead now. Mm -hmm. So that's all that theme of that month is. So I have in my google calendar from november 1st to november 30th on a separate type of calendar that i've created that just says uh planning planning for productivity is for the rest of the and so i know that if i get stuck and i'm like what should i be doing right now oh i know my monthly theme is planning okay well let's look at my task manager and see what plans i have to do um and and if you're gonna do put if you're gonna put due dates on it then put it as a separate calendar like so don't put it on your main calendar create you know you can create a extra calendars and Google and all that stuff. So you just create Mm -hmm. another calendar called like, you know, milestone dates or something like that. Something that doesn't, that stands out separate from all of your regular appointments and stuff. So that way, when you look at it, it's, it's your, your trigger is not to work to that date, but the trigger is, oh, that's there because I've already started working on it and I don't want to hit that date. So it's a very psychological thing, but more importantly than anything, when you get assigned something, put in your task manager, like capture it right away. And that's what a lot of people don't do is they don't capture it. They don't sit back and go, I have this thing that came to mind. I better write it down or I better get it in somewhere I trust. Instead they go, I'll remember it later.
1: And you won't. won't. Yeah. So this, this is a concept I wrote about a little while back. I just call it quick capture Mm -hmm. where like you need to build a system that lets you capture data very quickly. Mm -hmm. And there's like ideas. So an idea could be Uh, You know, if you're a student, it's any like idea that needs to be a note or it could be a due date, it could be like a meeting that comes up, project, whatever, and you need specific areas to capture all those pieces of data.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's very important. Well, and for me, I mean, I use, I've got a field notes notebook here. I use field notes for almost all of my initial gateway capturing. So for me, and I have a system on my blog called the Strike Through System, and it's a quick capture system, like you said. But the nice thing is it adds a bit more context to it. So for example, I'll write down something, and if it has, uh, if it's a task, it'll have a context and a project next to it. And the context is signified by a letter or a couple of letters and is circled, circle for context. So if it's like, go buy Scotch Guard for a new couch, uh, I would put circle with an E around it for errand. And okay. then, and then the, uh, I put a project next to it, and it's for home maintenance, right? So I put HM, and then I put a triangle around it or pyramid for project. And so hmm. I can look at that on paper and go, okay, I have to go buy Scotch Guard. It's an errand, and it's something for home maintenance. So I can look at all of these circled E's on my paper list. If I don't get a chance to transfer them to digital, and go, oh, okay, well I've got four errands to run, and here are all the four errands I need to run. So okay. and, and it's it's like shorthand. Remember shorthand? Remember we used to have like back. Our parents used to use it all the time. They'd we'll yeah. be like, yeah, hey, I'm going to write shorthand, put an arrow up, and arrow down, all that. There are lots of great – the Bullet Journal is a great system. Patrick Rohn's Dash Plus system. There's lots of great paper-based systems that now translate well to digital. In fact, Patrick's Dash Plus system isn't just a paper-based system. They made an app for it on iOS. And cool mm-hmm. thing for students is that anyone, uh, there's a project that they, uh, the developer donates the proceeds to. So if you buy Dash Plus the app, you'll actually the proceeds. I think it's a portion or all the proceeds go to to building a school. So there you go. It's huh. it's, it's it's a win win. You get a really cool little task management uh, solution, and you're helping your former your fellow students in a country where they may not be fellow students at all. If you didn't help yeah. them out, right? So I think the quick capture method people need to we 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 trust our brains too much but like a computer the full your computer is your brain is like a computer it's got a processor it's a hard drive all that the more i mean if you're on your computer and your hard drive's full guess what it's going to yep. run slow and if you're running too many applications at once the processor's going to run slow you need to treat your brain the same way your brain is meant to be a factory not a warehouse so capture yep. that stuff and when you do you'll find that you'll be able to create better work and write better papers and do all that stuff because you won't be thinking about where did i what i have to buy jam now where did i see do i need jam like <laughs> you won't be thinking about that
1: right yeah it's it's really really interesting that you mentioned shorthand mm-hmm. um because i'm working on a video about using shorthand techniques and note-taking mm-hmm. so it's actually pretty interesting that you brought it up as i was reading a book it's called the name of the wind it's like a fantasy novel i'm not sure if you've heard of it but oh. uh there's a character in there that like hey, he made his own shorthand system and he can write faster than anyone can talk.
0: See, I'm writing Would down. You... I'm writing down the name of the wind. Yeah.
1: If you wanna, if you want a great fiction book, it's like it's one of like those life destroyer books though, because you're not gonna stop reading it until you're done. That's so. okay. I don't
0: read enough fiction these days, so I really, <laughs> need, I really need to read more of it. So
1: it's it's fantastic, but uh, it kind of inspired me. I was like, oh, what if you could like pareto principle shorthand systems? Because real shorthand systems are incredibly complex and they take you know, weeks of practice to get down. But we're not trying to be a court stenographer here. No, we're just trying to take down notes uh, more efficiently. And I'm guessing you could pull certain aspects of shorthand out to benefit you in whatever way you want.
0: Well, and I think that's important is that the reason I like using context is that contexts are things that help you connect better to your tasks. So when people are building their contexts up, don't build a ton of them. Don't have too many because you want to be able to remember them quickly. You want to have quick recall. You want to know, okay. well, oh, emails, a context, errands, a context, low energy, high energy, full focus, brain dead, whatever the ones you, but you'll have like five, maybe 10 at the most that you will rely on. And that's yeah. going to be your guiding principle for like, okay, you know what? I don't know what project to work on next. Cause I've got eight projects on the go. But I know that I'm brain dead right now. So let's just do all the brain dead tasks I have. And by using like shorthand, like the strikethrough system or dash plus or whatever, uh, or, or even your own modified one, that's the great thing is I did I introduced the short through the strikethrough system at my creative live workshop that I did uh, last year. And during the workshop people were in the audience coming up with their own ways to modify it to suit their needs. They said, well, what if we put like if client was one then C could be the context, but if they're a high energy client, I could put an up arrow next to it. And if they're a low energy, I'm like, that's great. Like if that's what will work for you, that's, that's the best part is, is that when you're building a a workflow for yourself is that there are, you need to have a framework, but then you can modify the framework once you believe in the framework. Right. that's the key right you have to try all of these system and david allen talks about it's got to be a trusted system without trust it's not a system all it yeah. is 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 just a bunch of x's and o's and ones and zeros if you trust it that's when you can see things right it's kind of like again uh the analogy of, of neo in the matrix right you know he, could, he didn't believe he didn't believe and he got his he got his ass kicked you know a bunch of times <laughs> and then all of a sudden he was able to look at you know he, he looked and you could see the look in his face when he finally could see everything and was moving. And it was amazing to see. That's kind of the same thing is once you trust that system, the flow just occurs. And then you're not worried about, did I remember that? Or you get to automate a lot of this stuff. And yeah. with all the stuff coming our way, if you don't start automating the things that in a way that you're going to be able to be best served by them – then you're going to be chasing the action and you don't want to be chasing the action because you know what happens when you chase the action. You never catch up to it.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like how that, uh, you know, it factors into the this whole idea of like it's something you create. And so like the system that works for you is going to be different. than The system that works for me and people listening to this, they might be like, oh, well, what are your personal systems? Well, you know, we can talk about them, but you're probably going to end up creating something that looks different in the end. Yeah, it, but as you were saying like whatever you trust and works for you.
0: Well, and that's just it and what you'll do and this is what my role is is I think that if I can give people the bare bones, you know, the structure, the skeleton and they fill in the blanks and they, you know, add the organs and then they, they make the framework work for them, that's what we should be doing as productivity specialists or whatever you want to call it. That's what we that's what you should be doing. I mean, you you're you're, you're going to create this notebook uh, you know, this this video You're going to say, here's how you can use it. They're going to say, "Okay, well, this is awesome. He's given me a framework to work off of. He's inspired me to do it. And now I'm going to find something that works for me. All we need to do is provide that kernel and then the rest kind of happens. But again, it takes that dedication. And most people don't want to spend the time on the front end work because the front end work takes time. But -hmm. if you want to make time, then you got to take time. And that's what a lot of people forget is they just rather keep going. And then you become the hamster on the wheel. You got to You got to get off the wheel. You got to examine that. You got to examine the wheel. Then you got to get then. Then you figure out why you're on the wheel in
1: the first place. So the the hamster on the wheel thing is something that's been stuck in my mind for the longest time, because I don't know if you're like this. But for me, up until recently, it it had been like create content, publish it. Never. There's never a cue. It was always just I made it and I put it out. And I've been really focusing on. How can I get ahead? I want to be like a month ahead on content. Mm -hmm. In fact, my dream is this. My dream would be to get to the point where I can do one week of nothing but research. And then the next week would be nothing but writing. Next week would be nothing but podcasting and making videos. And I could have like a cycle. And then I'd have this like insane queue of content. Currently, I'm not there. But I have a queue at least now. There's like two podcasts down the row. Actually, I think I have like five or six recorded, which is awesome. Mm Mm-hmm. But it's, yeah, it's all about getting off that hamster wheel and figuring out a system.
0: Well, what are you using for task management right now? So
1: uh yeah i guess we could like go through our system
0: because i mean honestly i just came off a week sabbatical i don't know if you know who sean mccabe is he's the guy that he's sean Sean west yeah Yeah. so he talked about his small sabbatical right Mm -hmm. recently and i said that's a great idea i'm totally gonna do that and the nice thing is that i can do that (laughs) yeah but (laughs) but the only way i can do that is if i set things up to make that happen just like he Mm -hmm. did right and so i said all right well i can't do it every seven weeks i'm gonna do every eight weeks a because just the way my schedule works, and B I don't want to copy them exactly. So, right. <laughs> so those are two reasons. <laughs> but I just finished. I went to New. I-, I had that whole travel schedule I was telling you about before we started recording, where I was traveling to like four places over eight days. Got back, had the week off. But what I did was I had to- I used Todoist for my task management. It's uh, free for the basic usage. It's twenty nine dollars a year for advanced usage. Totally feasible on a budget of any kind and it really is robust it fits that whole model of productivity practices i use which is simple obvious and scalable it's simple to use it's obvious that that's where that stuff should go and it scales as you grow it will grow with you um so what i did was i looked at my filters in todoist and what filters are is it basically takes contexts to calls them labels and you can apply either priority level or dates to it and get to look at them in a combination kind of like a boolean uh, search so for example i used to have weekly writing as a label so or as a filter so it'd be any tasks that had the word writing uh, as a label attached to it plus next seven days well when i realized i wanted to take every eighth week off i'm like well that won't work anymore because Mm. the weekly writing doesn't it's not (laughs) i'll skip an entire week if i'm not careful so i changed it to monthly writing assignments and all of a sudden now the filter is writing next 30 days. So when I open that writing queue, that, that filter, I see all the writing I need to do between now and at this point, November 14th. And when I do that, I can then start to knock those out and all of a sudden I'm looking at it going, Oh, I'm good till like November 1st now. And then they can move into Hmm. another filter, which is, so you would want to do the same. I would say create a label called writing, create a label called podcast, create a label called whatever you want, and then create the same kind of filter and to do it. So you could build that queue up because wouldn't it be great for you to be able to build that up and then be able to take a week off.
1: Mm -hmm. That would be really nice.
0: So, so, and, and by the way, when I took a week off like Sean, and like I'm assuming you would do, I wasn't taking a week off from work. I was taking right. a week off of the hamster wheel, off of the yeah. ranking out content. I was working on my Asana book. I was working on a few other things. The planning, I mean, you need time to think. I needed to take some time off to sit back and go, okay, well, what's next for me? What's, what, what projects do I want to keep working on? Which ones don't I? So the, that's what a digital task manager can do. Your paper can take you so far. But the thing paper mm. can't do very well is search. Finding search stuff there is going to be challenging. So what I would suggest is, yeah, use something like Todoist. Again, thirty bucks a year, and it really is super powerful. And and you can share projects with people. And I really like it. And the fact I went in there before I traveled and said, hey, uh, you know, what do I need to do? What do I need to change in my in my setup in my framework to support this new habit or this new routine I want to do? And I just did it. And once yeah. I did that, then that was it. I set it and forget it. And that's what a digital task manager will do for you. If you spend the time with it, you can set it and forget it.
1: Right. So, and I, I think the, set, the spending the time with the thing is important. So one concept in productivity that I think about a lot is what I call entropy, mm-hmm. where the system just gets crazy and yep. chaotic and things like get out of order. Organ- and whenever I used like Wunderlist or um, Productive you know, yep. the, back in the day, they would always get that way and then I would stop using them.
0: Yep, and and, so, and the problem therein lies is that we end up fiddling and we end up putting everything in there and we don't do the weekly review. That's when yep. entropy often sets in, but sorry, go ahead.
1: So weekly review, so you asked what my task management system was, yep. which is very weird and very personal to me, but it, it hinges upon this weekly review and planning. Mm-hmm. Um, have you ever heard of the method of loci?
0: No, I haven't actually.
1: So it, it's this ancient Greek memorization technique where uh, the, the person is supposed to visualize... Th- different sets of objects in different rooms of a house. Mm-hmm. So if you're trying to memorize um, all the capitals of the world, you would, you would try to memorize the ones for Europe or Western Europe in your bedroom. And then you go to the kitchen and you try to like associate these with objects, oh, but it's based okay. on the physical rooms of the house. Right. Well, I've sort of taken that concept and applied it to the different contexts as you call them mm-hmm. in my productivity system. So there's a, um, like Trello has, big projects in it and things where I work collaboratively with other people. Right. Um, like groceries and errands and stuff. They're on a whiteboard on the fridge. Content planning for the week and the month is out in the living room on a whiteboard. And then every week I'll do the planning and I'll time box it in a notebook. Right. Which is what I've done recently. And I'm experimenting with time boxing yep. um, because I find that at least last week, I found that seeing, oh, look, my past self said I have to do this from this time to this time. I'm going to do it even if I'm feeling no willpower because in the past i would just like look at my to-do list and kind of feel directionless like there's it's uh what do they call it hicks law
0: yeah yeah yeah.
1: where the more uh the more things you need to choose out a list the more time it takes to actually get into one of them
0: paralysis by analysis paradox of choice all that stuff yeah but you know what's interesting is that time boxing For a lot of people, will work for that very reason. But the other thing is that context can actually replace time boxing as well. A lot of people I work with, what they'll do is instead of using something like office or phone or high energy, low energy, they'll actually know innately how long it takes to do a task. So they'll create context Mm. like 10 minutes or less, five minutes or less. So there are ways to make that work. I like your. I actually have several different task managers I use as well, by the way. I use Todoist as my central hub. Okay. And then I've got a sauna for larger group projects. I use my wife and I, my wife doesn't, yeah, I have a paper planner as well for certain things. Um, And I use Evernote to manage a lot of my informational resources. So I have lots of different irons, but Todoist, I actually have labels called Evernote, a sauna. So I know where I need to be, like you said, in order mm. to figure out where. So if I'm working on the Asana book, then I'm going to go, oh, this is an Asana. I'm actually using Slack a lot more for communication as well. So I have okay. started to use Slack as a label. And I don't know if it will always be a label, but I'm using it as a label so I get familiar and build the habit of using that product, right? Right. It's because to do is the place I go and I said, all right, well where to oh, I need to go to Slack to communicate with Jeremy about the Asana book because that's where we do our communication. Oh, right. I need to work with so and so. So it's funny, we're kinda doing the same thing. So even though I never really actually heard of what you you know the the what was it great loci, right?
1: Method of loci, Method. yeah. I Which I, it's not even a productivity technique. I've just kind of no, but that's mutated good. it to that. But
0: but but that's the thing. And I think that that's when you the term personal productivity is what we we often hear, but you need to make it personal for it to stick, and that's right. what you're doing. And a lot of people don't do that. A lot of people just, and organizations force them out of that. That's why there's a lot of people that are, well, I use Outlook. Well, Outlook's a terrible task manager. Yeah, but it's what the company makes me use. That's a load. Mm-hmm. You can you can take that stuff from there and put it in yours and yeah. create code if if private like I have client lists obviously I do coaching and there's some privacy hinged with that so right. I just created codes shorthand for lack of a better term for all of my clients so I know the client 022 is this client and, mm-hmm. I, and I have to do that because by necessity I don't want their names to be in Dropbox or Evernote or whatever right where I store I want it to be so I've done that taxonomy across the board or that right. etymology I guess we better, better but you know what I mean like the point is is that when you make productivity personal, you end up being more productive.
1: Because mm-hmm. it's a system that you're innately familiar with yeah,
0: and, and, and that you like. Ex- that's the more important thing. Familiarity yeah. is fine because I'm familiar with lots of but it's one you enjoy. That's why people buy you know, fancy notebooks and fancy pens and stuff because it makes them more pleasure- – if it's more pleasurable to use, then you're yeah. going to do it. I, I had this uh, quote. Uh, that I was at Macworld, which uh, as of today, uh, reading is no longer going to be happening, at least not this year. Uh, And I was walking with the guy who, uh, one of the founders of Market Circle, who runs, they make Daylight and Billings, those software. And I said, you know, when you look at, if you are using an app that looks like crap, then the stuff that's in that app will also take on that kind of yeah, you know that adopt that. So if your to do list looks like crap, then the stuff on it will make you you'll be less compelled to do it. So that's why that's why Wonder List is so popular. That's why it's you so know, damn pretty. Cause it's so pretty, right? It's so yep. pretty. And to doist is finding that nice little balance between, I mean, OmniFocus, the reason people use it, it looks good, but it's super powerful. Why do mm. a lot of people run away from it screaming? Because it's so big and scaled up so high already that people go, that's too much. I don't need it. There's too much to learn. Right. So that's why I like that SOS thing. And, and what you're doing is a, a perfect example. It's simple. You know, I'm in, this, I'm in this silo. This is what happens in this silo. It's obvious. Each of the silos are obvious, and each of them will scale. Trello scales really well. Your whiteboard—it scales Mm -hmm. because you go through the groceries, you wipe it off. There it is. It's back to normal. Right? Same thing. Same thing with you know. So it's all a matter of perspective. But a lot of people again don't take the time to make that happen. They just want to because it's easy to be on the hamster wheel. It's very tiring. Yep, but it's wonder- but it's easy. It's
1: mentally easy.
0: Exactly, exactly. Getting yeah. back to that Matrix thing, you know, it was very easy to be in the Matrix and be part of the Matrix. It wasn't so easy to fight it.
1: And another thing that I've learned is, you don't have to limit yourself to one thing. Mm-hmm. So that that is one of my problems in the in the past is like, okay, I'm going to adopt Wonderlist, and everything has to be in Wonderlist. Right. But then like certain things, I just I don't want to do them in Wonderlist. I don't want to have a project like written out in Wonderlist. I would rather use that for grocery list and the uh, video games i want to finish right and trello is much better for projects that kind of thing
0: well and, and trello is better for like home improvement projects and stuff like that you know because mm. there's a visual component there's a lot and, and what's interesting is because uh, as as a guy who's a productivity specialist i have to know about all these different tools so i have projects in so many different task management apps now mm. they're all templates so they're not really things that i need to but I mean, as more clients want to use OmniFocus, I'm like, OK, I better put a couple projects in there. And then I just yeah. used to do a label and to do called OmniFocus. And I said, well, that's where this project is. And, yeah, it means I'm switching from task manager to task manager. But I'm not switching my personal productivity for somebody else's productivity. I'm just moving again, moving from place to place to place and not skipping a beat along the way. Right. If anything, yeah. I'm promoting neuroplasticity within the tools, because each That's tool true. operates a little bit differently <laughs> as opposed to the stuff involved, right?
1: Yeah. So, uh, man, so uh, one of the things you mentioned earlier was, like, uh, making it pleasant mm-hmm. to work with your task management. And that reminded me of the concept of basically this redu- reducing all friction possible. Mm-hmm. So when I first started my blog, one of the first articles I wrote was, like, why you should have high quality note-taking materials. Like, buy the expensive pen, mm-hmm. buy the paper you like. And people were like, why? And, you know, my answer is, well, if you buy those, like, $1 for 100 beak pens, do you actually want to write notes with those? Like, what happens when it runs out of ink during class and you just throw it away? I think anything you can do to reduce the friction is potentially worth thousands of dollars to you and a lot of time
0: well yeah you and you don't care as much about it if you lose your pen or you use your notebooks like meh, th- but then as soon as you yeah. put something valuable in it all of a sudden it's it's got value so if mm-hmm. you've already got a really valuable notebook like i've got the Baron fig confidant i've got a japanese planner that was sent to me like all these things i've got you know i mean i've got right here this is this is my uh, kickstarter pen it's a green kickstarter pen that i got I mean, this thing what
1: is, is, that? is that like a stylus or is you it? No,
0: it's an actual pen. It's a P1 oh. Premier. It holds the Pilot G1. Um, uh, so it's, 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 a, it's a heavy-duty metal pen. Uh, Kickstarter, this thing's like an $80 pen. Like it's not super expensive, but I certainly yeah. don't want it. Like it's, I have all my expensive pens inside my desk. My family aren't allowed. They don't touch it. <laughs> they just aren't. They know better. Um, I mean, yeah. I've got the Evernote Mola skin right like this is not a cheap notebook necessarily but i also know what goes in here too because i treat there's intent and attention paid to this thing i've got you know i mean i look at um you know this is my little knock pencil case stuff like i've got so many of these little things i don't use them all necessarily all the time but they have value and if they have value on the on the outside then whatever you put in them is automatically going to have value as well so they just become more and more valuable whereas if you're just using a junior legal pad or post-it notes or whatever that's there's there's diminishing returns on those
1: yeah and that's honestly why i've been writing on white or whiteboards in my notebook because mm-hmm. like i have this sharpie pen and yep. it feels good to write with it
0: yep and, and it doesn't
1: and- feel so good to type and, and
0: I was saying, once I get my office downstairs, uh, one of the people that I was talking to, I'm like, I cannot wait to put a big whiteboard up everywhere. And I'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna do whiteboard paint, and I'm gonna everywhere. I'm gonna do a whole wall in whiteboard paint because I, I. And that's another thing is that there's certain things that technology can't replace, and for me, mind mapping is one of them. I mean, yeah. I can move a mind map into into the digital place. I don't mind transferring it over, but mm-hmm. in terms of fluidity of thought and all that. I need to, like, write it down and outline yeah. and all that stuff. I can't do it the other way. And actually, there's a really cool app that I'm beta testing right now called Rocketboard. Okay. I don't know if you've heard of it. But what it does, it's really cool, is you put little marks in the corners of your whiteboard, and then you point the phone at it, like the app, and it knows where it – that tells it where the whiteboard is. And then you can draw on the whiteboard, and it removes you from the picture, and it, you can share your whiteboard drawings with other people who have connected to you via the app.
1: That sounds cool. It's
0: pretty neat. So you could do like – if so if you're working on a team thing and you're on a road or – like it's pretty slick. Uh, I, and it seems – that's the other thing. It seems so simple. How do they know where the whiteboard is? Marking X's in the in – the Yeah. Corner. Like – but again – innovation is often found in these things that are so simple i mean you know i look at look at the bullet journal system that Ryder carroll created that's mm-hmm. just taken off look at things like i mean i would if i mean you've you've talked about your 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 method the low side i would be writing about that because people will buy people love that stuff because they're always looking for frameworks that they can adapt and, yeah and study methods that they can adapt and all that stuff so i mean there's so much out there That can be adapted and modified and morphed, um, that there is really no reason why we can't be spending more time doing the right things than just trying to do as much as possible, much of which is, you know, not the stuff that we should be doing in the first place.
1: Yeah, I guess I actually did kind of write about that. Maybe I should write an article that explicitly says method of those yeah something. you
0: should you should make it a bit more you know i mean i'd f- write it for productivity yes, there you go <laughs> it'd, be in the right, it'd be in the right it'd be the right audience and you never know you might get beyond the you know i mean it's it's pretty slick i, I like that idea and i like the fact that you've it, it, the fact that you've given it that validation of of you know where it comes from gives right. it that much more credence do you know what i mean
1: yeah yeah definitely it doesn't make a lot of sense so uh, you talked about th- things creating value for you, like mm-hmm. the using that, the pen that's nice. Um, to me, gamification is also another one of those things. Yep. So I don't know about like if you've heard of Habit RPG, Yep. but I use that for my habits because it's like kind of fun to get gear and build up a character and everything as well. So mm-hmm. yep. gamification is a huge thing for me, especially in building habits. Have you ever done anything like that for yourself? Uh, Todoist has karma
0: built in. So it's got really to, yep, Todoist karma. So the more tasks you do, the higher your karma level goes. They've just actually modified it. Uh, I use full for iOS for my habit tracking. The reason I use that as opposed to, say, Nathan Berry's commit, which I used to use, is that full isn't a day by day by day thing it's a mm. i want to do i want to work on my book proposal 15 times this month and so okay. you can do it that way um i remember the old iphone game epic win yeah so, yeah so I, I covered that that was interesting in the early days but habit rpg i know of it's it's web based right and it's also android i think
1: it's so, web based but there's also ios and, and android, android apps yeah, yeah but i think like they have a some sort of phone wrapper yeah. So, like the JavaScript framework that they're building the site on just right. gets translated down to the app, and it works pretty well. It's not like ultra smooth on the phone, right. but it works
0: well. And the other thing, I mean, so I like the gamification. I'm, I'm, and I know Productive had that for a while, I believe, and and you yeah. know, I think they still do. But one of the things that I also am – I don't know if I'm a huge fan of, but I understand the need for is the crowd, the crowdsourcing. So like Lyft and things like that where you tell people that you're working on these habits or these tasks. Oh. And then people can kind of cheer you on and stuff like that. There, There's – I can see an element of, of, of uh, intrigue there. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not a huge fan of listing – that kind of stuff and saying, hey, keep me. Ac- I only want, if I create accountability on too many things, then it's like the old adage of, you know, when you say the word busy or the, or the F word too much, it loses its power. I think right. the same thing happens with accountability. If you have too many mm-hmm. things you're trying to be publicly accountable for, then the accountability of the public, its value diminishes. Yeah.
1: And I've also found that, the, like, that doesn't help me at all. No, it's, so a, yeah.
0: Cause I mean, lift yeah it, to me it, it uh, i would then go to look at their habits to see how well they're doing I'm like well if you're doing that bad then you know you know what i mean like i think that yeah. there's yeah
1: well it there. doesn't tell you what they're not doing yeah like the lift feed just says oh your friend did this but the thing is i would never go to the feed like yep. i love Lyft. Mm-hmm. lift got me to floss diligently yep. every single day and i used to never do that so like and I've, i know tony the founder pretty well so yeah, like
0: tony's great i like him a lot
1: yeah i love lift but the, i think the thing i asked him the first time I interviewed him was like you guys should build in like accountability where I would lose money for not doing something. And that's be minder. So yeah, and that's what I use one. now. There's
0: one called go effing do it. I think that does yeah. that. There's a few yep. others that, that, and I get the, account. again, um, I, it, what it's just like, uh, for me, I think when you get to a point where that level is coming into play, then there's a larger problem at play. Do you know what I mean? Like, if I think
1: it depends. I think
0: I think I think it does, but I mean, I remember I spent a lot of time in this realm, so I'm probably a bit jaded yeah. about it. But <laughs> but I mean, I think when you get to that point, when it gets to that level, you're you, you really have to. I think if you have a task manager in play or the proper habit management systems in play, um, and the the episode I just did for workflow with Ray Sidney Smith was great because he talks about like you know. Blazing new trails versus going along the well-worn path and all that stuff. Um, I think that we we tend to focus on the wrong things when we're building. And by the way, it's mm. it's so easy to start a habit. You know, uh, we all yeah. love starting stuff. Starting is easy, and and starting. I was saying this to Ray. It's almost like starting is the new achieving. You know, if you start right. something, well, at least he started it, or at least she started it. Mm-hmm. Finishing, not finishing something, has almost become at least not finishing something that doesn't necessarily need to be finished by, you know, in terms of the larger, grander scheme of things, uh, for others, but for you, it'd be super important to finish. Um, if you don't finish it's like, well, you know, at least he, 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 made an effort. Uh, but I think that that also is kind of coming crashing down a bit and that, that, yeah. that starting, we, we, I well, think- starting
1: doesn't really get you that. No. Like if I write half a book, but never publish it, I've done nothing. No,
0: but there's – see, but publicly there's a lot more starting happening these days than ever before. Yeah. Right? Uh, And the fact is you can hide pretty easily if you don't finish something because there's so many other people who are starting new things or finishing other things. Like the Asana book I'm working on. Uh, I've been working on that since April with with uh, mm. Jeremy. It should have been done by now, and we've looked at every other excuse as to why, and it's mainly me, uh, just because yeah. of level of busyness and all that stuff. And I could throw every excuse in the book out there, but the bottom line is this is not done yet. Um, yep. I publicly announced it, so it's going to get done. Same thing with my Workflow Warrior course, which is actually coming along quite well. But the point is is that once you – starting isn't enough. And the thing is, is for a lot of people – because there's so much noise it it's become a new level of achievement it's almost like you know well i started it so you got to give me that that's uh, at least yeah and that 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 doesn't play well with me anymore and that's why having a task management system that you can trust and a Mm. framework you can trust it'll help you get those things done or it'll help you at least figure out why you haven't got it done in the first place
1: right yeah and uh for the i guess like the monetary threat accountability like bminder it helps me in one key area. The pocketbook? <laughs> your <port>. No, it's <laughs> your, it's for uh, waking up on time. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So the way I do it is I have... you use Buffer at all? Yeah, I use Buffer. So I have a tweet in Buffer that's set to go out at 6.10 in the morning, and it says, hey, I'm I'm not up. You can have $5 if you reply to this. And then there's a hashtag that triggers an if it reminder, yep. and that, that'll that like make Bminder also charge me, so I have to get up and reschedule it every day. And it has worked... for five months. Wow.
0: Well, there you go. And then, I mean, again, I I don't want to be reductive for me that that's, I mean, everyone's going to have their own thing. I use sleep cycle for bed. So I've got the sleep cycle. What's that? Oh, it's an app on your iPhone or iOS. And what it does is it measures your, um, your sleep patterns and wakes you up within 20 minutes in your lightest phase of sleep. So if you set your alarm for Mm. 6am, it knows based on the movements of the bed, whether or not you're in your light phase or early phase of sleep. And for me, that's worked wonders.
1: Okay. That's interesting, yeah. I guess for me, it's... And it only I, cost
0: me five bucks once.
1: That's I interesting. To buy the app. <laughs> um, for me, it's my entrepreneur's brain wants to stay up and work really late.
0: Yeah, I, I hear But you. the I'm, other I'm, side
1: of me wants to get up early, and I feel bad if I get up too late. See, so, I, I'm
0: a big believer in you don't fight your body clock. Uh, in fact, mm. that's in my manifesto, right? The way the productivity is. Okay. Um, I, I'm a night owl. I, I Because of my comedy stuff, I've always worked better at night creatively. my Just, just the way I've, I've – and I've tried to train my brain to go the other way. It doesn't work. In fact, what happens is in the morning I'll do a lot of admin stuff because that's low bandwidth stuff. But mm. as I get older, that low bandwidth stuff keeps – and I get busier. That stuff keeps piling on. So by the time the end of the day arrives, I'm like exhausted. So I've decided that I'm up at 8 a.m. and I'm, be, I'm in bed at midnight 1 a.m. That's kind of where I go. Uh, Okay. And But I know I have to get up at 8 a.m., so that's why I use sleep cycle. Um, Yeah. I also journal at the end of my night to close my night out so that way I can get to bed. You know, I can fall asleep faster. Right. Um, You know, and I think that those are things that – that's how I work. I, I don't. I mean, I know there's Hal Elrod who I've spoken to before, who gets up at three thirty in the morning, and I have no idea how he does it, because <laughs> I like to be able to go out and have fun at night too, right? You know, like yeah. I like to have my beer and I like to, you know, I like to, you know, have be social and I also like the fact. And here's the interesting thing is that because I have kids, most people are like, well, don't you want to get up before the kids? I'm like, no, I want to stay up way past everybody because when my kids get up at midnight or eleven thirty. I don't have to decide whether or not i let them stay up or not you know i just go back to bed but if you're up at five in the morning five thirty in the morning and your kid wakes up the the thought well you only need to be in bed for another hour and you're already up and well you'll go to bed a little bit easier to, like it creates too much of that paralysis by analysis stuff the mm. choice is not go back to bed the choice becomes should i let them stay up Right, so that's why I like working at night too. Is that my wife's in bed before me? She's the morning person. I'm the night owl. With my kids, were to get up even if I work till one in the morning, and my kids were to get up anytime time between uh, up till one one in the morning. My answer isn't uh, um, you should uh, you should stay up with me. It's go back to bed. You know. So yeah. I think that that it's all a matter of again, you know what you what you want to get out. If you want to get up, if you're as an entrepreneur, if you work better at night and you want to keep hustling, then That's fine. Just make sure you get yourself enough sleep so don't get up that early. But if you're like, hey, you know what? I want to make sure that I go to bed early enough so I can get up early enough. Then that's when journaling comes in handy. That's when like, hey, here are the things I want to do tomorrow. I'm going to shut the laptop off and go to bed. Right. Right? So it's all, again, there's no right or wrong answer, which I think is what's key is that so many people have said, oh, you got to be early bird gets the worm. When someone says, well, you know, why do you stay up so late? Like, aren't you afraid that other people are going to get ahead of you? I'm like, no, I'm ahead of them.
1: You're, you're i working.
0: did i did the night, I did the <laughs> night before i did the yeah. before they got up right so, so it's
1: not early bird against the worm it's uh he who knows his body clock and uses it most efficiently against the worm it's
0: the person who focuses on task over time that gets right the, not, not the other way around
1: yeah i think for me because i i want to be that early bird mm-hmm. just because i feel better doing that then so the, i've had the, to make sure my type boxing says i'm going to be done at six the, that way I can chill for the night and feel totally cool to go to bed at 11.
0: And th- and that's – and the thing is that's – what, what you understand and what others have to understand is when you do that, then you have to be realistic that that's going to take some energy. That's going to take some willpower and that's mm. going to take you away from some of the stuff that you might want to be doing initially and right. while you make that shift. Once you make that shift, then that's fine. And I've had to make a, a bit of a shift too. Like for example, I was telling you today, my first call was supposed to be at 7am. Uh, I was up at six. What does that mean? It means that I just set my sleep cycle alarm to go off uh, basically at six, and I went to bed at ten last night. Like that's just yeah. the way it goes. But that's the thing is you have to. It's all about awareness, productivity, uh, uh, workflow is all about mindfulness and awareness, and knowing what's going to work for you over the long term, and making sure you set up systems and protocols and measures to make that happen.
1: Yeah, and I think it's also important to have something like high intensity fun plan for later Mm -hmm. when you're done Yep. because i've noticed that if you don't then it's easy to fall into like facebook twitter like low intensity procrastination type fun but if i'm like i have an awesome game i want to play or i'm going to go do this thing tonight Mm -hmm. then i will want to be done at six and i won't feel the temptation to just work all day
0: my wife and i want to watch the flash tonight that'll be it like i know that by eight o'clock and we can pbr it so i mean i know that that's something that i want to do tonight i know that i want to play another game of madden uh, before i before i take off you know for the I, I play one game per week i try to keep up with the nfl mm. schedule so i mean and i don't play in there's but i also know that if i were to play like games that had like old rpg games and stuff that i'd be sucked in for hours so i don't yeah i don't play them anymore like that's a, like again knowing thyself right it's like hey you know what I don't play those games anymore. I play, you know, basically sports, <laughs> sports, sports games, it's games that have yep. an end that end so I can get the gratification of ending it and then move on to the next one. So, again, it's all about building, supporting frameworks, habits, routines, all that stuff that allow you to enjoy the fruits of your labor as opposed to, you know, working through that cycle of, OK, well, I got to keep going so I can enjoy the fruits of my labor.
1: Yeah, interestingly enough, I can't really get into old RPGs anymore. I don't know what it is. Yeah,
0: yeah, I think you get to a point. I mean, <laughs> I think for me, one of the reasons I stopped doing RPGs is I played Knights of the Old Republic, the Star Wars game. Oh, yeah. And my wife went into labor, and I'm like, just hold on a second. got to save the, uh, stop the Empire. <laughs> and uh, my we gave my wife gave birth to my daughter that night, and I was on, like, no sleep. And that was a big mm. lesson for me. I'm like, well, you know what? Maybe my priorities weren't right <laughs> like that night. Real life is
1: the RPG. That was
0: 10 years ago. So I've, yeah. it's really been about 10 years since I've dove into anything like that. But, mm. but yeah, I mean, I, I, again, we, we tend to overcomplicate it. We tend to say, oh, we have this app. It will help us. The, it, it, focus on the app within. It's the approach that matters far more. Apps – you can make apps work for you. You can make yeah. a series of apps work for you. But the thing is if you don't have that framework in place and you don't have a, a system that you can trust – then no app in the world is going to help you.
1: Mm-hmm. So uh, one last question I want to ask is, so say you know you have a student mm-hmm. and they have things to do. We talked about a lot of planning. We talked about frameworks you can set up. What are your tips for, in the moment, like getting over procrastination and just like zero motivation to do the next task? What do you do?
0: Okay, so I have, um, first off, there's a the pomodoro technique is huge for that kind of thing so that's kind of a modified version of time boxing and what i like about it is that it's for tasks that i'm sucking at doing that i either don't like to do or that i know i want to push through so mm-hmm. what a pomodoro technique is is it basically you work in 25 minute focused intervals on a task and then you change you take a five minute break after each one you do a series of four uh and after the first three you take a five minute break and then you switch to another task so that way mm. you're promoting neuroplasticity uh, and then you after you're done your fir- your fourth Pomodoro, you take a 25 minute to 30 minute break. So what it okay. does is it allows you to really push through those things. So if you're, say for example, got a bunch of projects and you want to work on, say four of them, then you can say, okay, I'm going to work on project A from this time to this time, then take a five minute break, then work on project B, and you can keep going through Pomodoro cycles. That's a big one because what it does is again it promotes neuroplasticity. You're working in short controlled bursts focus, and it's been studies have shown that the human brain. Focuses generally in short cycles, like 25 minutes of intense focus is about the right amount of time that you can focus on one particular task. Mm. Uh, So that's that's one big one. And the other thing is, again, honestly, if you've got a list of things that you know you want to get done right away, disconnect from everything. There's uh, apps called, uh, if you're on the Mac, uh, Freedom. If you're on the Windows machine, I think it's called, uh, I don't know if Windows has one anymore. Focal Filter. That's it, the one where it just closes everything else off.
1: Yeah, I think so. You can just focus
0: on the the thing you want to focus on. Um, The other thing I'm big on is if you really are struggling with something and you've got like a tablet, um, tablets can multitask, but you only see one screen. I do a a lot of writing on my iPad. In fact, my last Hmm. trip, I just took my iPad. I didn't even take my MacBook. Do you
1: hook it up to a keyboard?
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, I've got the Zagmate, uh, the Bluetooth one that just snaps together so it looks like a clamshell. Okay. Uh, so i've got the mini and i do that i built my entire slideshow on, on an app called haiku deck on my iPhone. i
1: love haiku deck it's awesome it's, it's awesome. so pretty it's
0: so good I, I sung the praises of it on the latest episode of the productivity is podcast so hmm. good and especially with the remote control on the on the iphone like yeah. you can look at your your notes and stuff it's fantastic um you can do a lot on the ipad so i will what i'll do is if i want to focus on writing is i'll shut the, the macbook uh, pro and i'll go and i'll Throw on coffee on my iPhone, which is – Is it app- like a
1: coffee shop yeah. din yeah, yeah. sort it, of thing? It, okay. it, makes,
0: it makes coffee shop din noise. There's also Focus at Will, which I've used before as well, which I like a lot. Yeah. Uh, I'll use those, and then I'll write on my iPad, and that way I don't get the distractions of – because I don't have notifications set up on my iPad. I keep it fairly notification-free, so uh, I'll be able to focus on that work. So to get device-specific. Set up your devices for specific environments. You know, My iPhone is a communication device – First and foremost, my iPad is a content creation device and content consumption device. But my computer is both of those things. So if I want to focus on content creation and nothing else, the iPad's where I go. If I want to okay. focus on communication, then I'll just put everything away and go to the iPhone. So you, you, we have the technology; we should be leveraging it. And in a situation where you're, you're feeling the crunch of time, that's a, that's an asset that you should totally be leveraging.
1: Cool. So do you do anything like uh, like mental resets? So, like, uh, for me, if I'm if I'm sitting in my room and I'm, like, feeling in a funk, mm-hmm. I have to go for a walk.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But when oh, yeah. I do,
1: it's like, wow, that's it, – it's amazing how well it works yep. for me. Oh, or
0: exercise. I'll do the same thing. I'll, I've got a fit desk. So it's the bike that's got the desk on it. So I'll, actually, oh, yeah. Yeah, so I'll actually sit at the fit desk and 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 uh, that's often where I'll do my brain dumps. So like when I want to get stuff out of my head is I'll just go on the bike and bike for about 25 minutes and just do a brain dump. And it's pretty cool because it, it has a desk on there. So I'll bring my iPad and do that on there. And uh, I can do – I actually did a little bit of writing on there. Um, so yeah, there's lots of ways to be able to, to leverage that. But yeah, exercise is a huge one because – um, and I've even taken power naps. The same people that do sleep cycle make an app called Power Nap. And mm. it's, again, 20-minute intervals. You don't want to get into too deep a sleep, right? You want to just get enough rest and then wake up and be recharged. Those are two things you can do to recharge your batteries. The other thing I, I think is a valuable thing for students, and we use it at home, we have a Nutribullet. I don't
1: know if you have one of those. Uh no, but Andrew from Listen Money Matters uses one, so oh, he's talked about it a lot. I
0: use it. That's my breakfast. My breakfast. So is it my, like
1: uh is that that is that the actual blender?
0: Yeah, yeah. This is the 900 okay. watt one. So it's the one that so we basically are able to you know extract like crazy with this stuff. So I was able to, uh, you know, be able to have like spinach and and we grow some food in our our, our garden outside. So that that saves me time when it comes to breakfast and lunch and snacks but i'm getting the right snacks and getting the right food and tea is also going to be helpful when it comes to productivity and and just brain power so i will like probably when we're done here actually it's about that time i'll do the same
1: thing so so is it i guess i don't have that but i do have like a juicer which i have used in the past
0: yeah yeah so now
1: i just i focus on eating vegetables at every meal but i haven't been using the juicer uh it's, lately
0: it's a hundred dollar investment for me that's been so helpful not just for me but for my
1: family so if you yeah. haven't got the neutral it's worth looking at uh there's a youtuber named elliot Hulse, and he's like a fitness guy but one thing he says is like your most of, the most important part of the game is your game piece which means your body yeah and like that's super killer for me
0: yeah there's when
1: i was a student i was just like horribly addicted to energy drinks yeah and
0: yeah, yeah. and that's Ugh. not that's and i used to when i worked in a computer store it was the same thing absolutely mm-hmm. the same thing so i mean i'm drinking better water you know i've i've got a soda stream but i'm getting natural soda flavors instead of the soda stream soda flavors so i'm oh I'm, yeah yeah i'm really being a lot more conscious because i mean again i'm 40 uh i'm not i'm not a young guy anymore i'm mm. youngish but not <laughs> i mean i like green lantern and playing madden so what the hell but i'm uh, i i need to be i want to be around when my kids are having kids kids are having kids I, and yeah. so the only way i could do that is by taking care of the taking like you said taking care of the game piece because uh it's the only way i can level up right
1: yeah have you ever have you uh tried this stuff Lacroix?
0: no i don't think we have that up here in canada Oh, don't you? There's certain things we don't have, so I, I've never seen it in the stores. I was maybe you've
1: got here. like uh, Perrier or stuff like that. We
0: got Perrier. We got the, we mm. got some of the Arizona stuff, but that's not really the same thing. So, oh, okay. No, but I haven't well, seen that. No.
1: I guess we should tell them to bring it up to Canada. Good, fantastic. You can ship it,
0: ship it to me. I'll have some many when I'm down to see. I'll, I'll try it and see if it's... There right. you go. There you go. I'll bring some back.
1: <laughs> okay, yeah. I'll try. I'll bring you one when we when we meet up. It's. Fantastic. It completely broke my soda addiction.
0: Cool. Very like, cool. Hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, I I like where I'm at now and I wanna even curb it back even more, so. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Oh, you mean like for soda?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I wanna I mean I wanna try to break it down so it's mainly water. Uh yeah. water and tea, that kind of
1: thing. Water and coffee for this guy. But <laughs> uh, I have
0: a coffee first thing in the morning. I use my aeropress okay. first thing, but that's about it.
1: Oh, you use an aeropress too? Yep. I love my aeropress.
0: Yeah, I'm a big aeropress guy.
1: Apparently like there's these crazy techniques where you can do it upside down or something what like that I, that's
0: that's how i make mine i invert it oh really yeah it's it's, it's awesome because it keeps the oils in so
1: it makes it better then it does it's a bit more richer a bit more
0: oily i like it better
1: hmm. yeah. okay we worth trying i've been thinking about getting the uh like the the metal graded i have that too. filter yeah. does that work well yeah it's
0: much better because it removes there's there's no taste to it right whereas the paper will have a little bit of taste to it
1: interesting i guess i haven't noticed the paper taste but i have noticed like the missing oil that you get from a french press
0: yeah i would i would try try the inverted method get the able brewing desk and and go from there it's it's a a great way to start off your day i'll tell you that much
1: cool well i have some new uh coffee hacks to try (laughs) a little
0: life hack coffee (laughs) hack stuff happening on (laughs) cool
1: well you've got com, right
0: yes yes com, and i'm at mike vardy on the twitter
1: and uh two podcasts right
0: Productivityist podcast, which can be found at uh, Productivityist.simplecast.fm or just go to iTunes or Stitcher and then uh, uh, Workflowing, which is at 5x5.tv uh, You can just find it there
1: So what's uh, what's the difference between them?
0: The Productivityist podcast is just me with either mm. guests or just me doing a solo show It's also a, a shorter show, so about 20 to 25 minutes okay. uh, The, the Workflowing podcast tends to go about an hour and it's often with uh, my
1: co-host Michael Schechter Gotcha, and they're both, uh, are they both weekly then?
0: Yep, both weekly. Uh, Productivity's podcast comes out on Tuesday, and Workflowing comes out on Friday.
1: Cool. It's interesting that you're using Simplecast. That's actually what I'm using this I too love for my podcast.
0: Simplecast. Josh Long's a great guy, just very intentional, very tremendous design. I really like Simplecast a lot.
1: Yeah, I love it too. Yeah. I- If I could have a bit more stats, that'd be cool, but I'm not complaining too much. I'm
0: happy with the numbers I'm seeing (laughs) in the stats, so I'm not going to (laughs) complain.
1: There you go. Hey, if the numbers are good, then it doesn't really matter anymore. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thanks so much for coming on the show, and uh, hopefully anybody listening to this, check out those podcasts when you run out of episodes for this one.
0: Thanks, Thomas. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, I hope you enjoyed the interview with Mike and got some actionable tips out of it or maybe some new tools to try out for your own productivity and planning. Once again, if you have questions about college or anything that was talked about in this interview, you can email me over at Thomas at collegeinfo and I'll get those questions into my notes and we can cover those on future QA sessions. Also you can just tweet me questions. I'm at Tom Frankly over on Twitter and I would love to chat with you over there. So whichever system works best for you, uh send me those questions. If you want to find the best resources and tools for being a better student and things that I use personally to do work better, then check out collegeinfogate.com/ slash resources And other than that, if you want to subscribe to the show or leave a review to support the growth of this podcast, you can do that. There's links in the show notes over at sigpodcast.com to where you can find uh, that link to subscribe. And that's it. So until next week, stay cute. Thanks for listening to the College Info Geek Podcast. Grow your brain even more
0: at www.collegeinfogeek.com.